0: It seems the further I go along, the more I am baffled at modern day Christianity. The more I go along, uh, I'm kind of starting to scratch my head like, you know, I'm like, Lord, am I the only one that sees this? Or is it that everyone sees it and nobody wants to go that direction? He hasn't fully answered me yet. I do know that the scripture says in the last days, there will be a famine for the gospel, which means a shortage of truth. You know, you know, sometimes you read stuff religiously and, you know, you just read it religiously because you're getting your daily Bible reading in. But that scripture is just becoming true now. And and so there are some questions. Let me say something. Whatever questions you have. um, They're answered in stages based on you going down the right road. So when you start going down the right road, they won't be answered immediately. But when you get to certain stages, then the Lord will tell you something and it will just open up your eyes and you're like, good grief. Okay. so based on that, I want to share some things with you tonight, because uh, uh, not that we weren't doing it before, but fully now there will be three things. Everything will be teached under these three headings, Um, because there are three major things that the Bible says you must seek after. There are some little small sub things, you know, like the Bible says, you can uh, covet earnestly the best gifts of the spirit, stuff like that. But 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 everything that the Bible says you can desire, everything, it falls into these three categories. And that is the three major things that the Bible says to seek after are Jesus, the power that he operated in and the realities of heaven. Those are the three. Uh, number one and number three are very rarely sought after especially, number one. Uh, number two is typically the one that's sought after, because we want power for manifestation. We want power for healing. We want power to make our husbands act right, and our wives act right, and our children. We want power to manipulate the supervisor into giving us a promotion and a raise. We want power for money in business. I mean, no, we love that power stuff. Yeah, people chase conferences looking for a prophetic word, because they, they they want power. I almost said something. Yeah. so. But the Lord does say that we should seek after all three. All three are very, very important. So I I'm just want to open up something tonight. I feel like coming on the floor. Yeah, I think I'm gonna come on the floor. Do me a favor, Carla, and open this water bottle for me. <clears throat> I'll put that on the stage. Thank you. It says in Matthew 18:20, it says, "Where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them." Kind of where we are going. Thank you, Michael. Kind of where we are going is the lord wants us to reveal a deeper level of reality um for the most part the body of christ is not real um what i mean by that is um a lot of things that are being taught a lot of things that are being shared are very very super, superficial um in nature so for example it says where two or three gather together as my followers i am there amongst them how many followers do i have of jesus christ in here So according to the scripture, it means that Jesus is here right now. And so. So, you know, you you always got some theologian that wants to argue, well, that doesn't mean that Jesus is really here because it would mean he would have to reduplicate himself like he couldn't do that. It means that he's here by his. And they say it this way. Spit it. Okay, dumbbell junior. If he's here by his spirit, how many of you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you? which means that apparently the Holy Spirit has reduplicated himself on the inside of us, too. So whether it's here by his spirit or he's really here, how many know if Jesus said he's here, it means he's here. But the question is, why is he here and what is he doing while he's here? That's the part that we don't know, because the church is not teaching us how to know the Lord. We're just talking about the Lord. We are more familiar with the name of Jesus than we are who Jesus is. We know his name. We use it flippantly. In the world, they use Jesus Christ as a cuss word now. Something happens, Jesus Christ is a cuss word now. And we use the name of Jesus for overthink. You know, we sneeze. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. You didn't believe that. You just said it religiously. But we use the name of Jesus. We sing about the name of Jesus. But the question is, is that do we really know who he is? And so he said here, where two or three gather together as my followers, I am their among them and so if he really is here my question is where's he at now we know he's invisible what I mean by where's he at is is he standing in the back is he behind me is he sitting next to Garnett, looking on his computer (laughs) okay where's he at what is he doing I know I heard a testimony of one lady she said they were in a worship service and she said as the people were worshiping she said Jesus was walking around it's another scripture that says Jesus said, I am the one who walks amongst the golden candlesticks, which is the church. I'm the one who walks amongst you. And she said that she, the Lord uh, Holy Spirit opened up her spiritual eyes. It's called one of the gifts of the spirit is discerning of spirits. It is when the Holy Spirit activates something on the inside of you and this material will disappears and you can see into the spiritual realm. And she said that she was worshiping and Jesus was just walking around. And as everybody was, quote unquote, worshiping him, she said he was just walking around and he was standing in front of you. And when you would when he would stand in front of you, your chest cavity would just open up and he could see if what was coming out of your mouth was really coming from your heart. See, so when 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 the scripture says that Jesus is amongst you and I am amongst you, see, that's the stuff is that the the Lord uh, Jesus himself wants me to teach on. He, exactly what he said. He said nobody really knows who I am. We know about him. We know about his name. We know about his attributes. You know, we know that he died. And this, this is the other thing: we know that he died on the cross for us, but we don't know him. You know, we have received his forgiveness, but we haven't received him. That's what they mean by people have received Jesus for their salvation, but they didn't make him their Lord. Okay. And so uh, let's look at the next. Story. i mean just nice little. I know nothing I teach is simple, but it really is. You know, it's just going to be a nice, simple teaching to kind of get your minds right with where we're going. Matthew 18. I'm sorry. Philippians 310. Now, here are the two things. Remember, the three things, the three things the Bible says to seek after is to know Jesus, to know the power that he operated in and to know the realities of heaven. I'm share something with you that the Holy Spirit shared with me in a minute. I'm going to share it with you. I was ministering to another pastor. And we were talking about this and the Holy Ghost said something to me and it shocked me, messed up my mind. I mean, oh, God is good for messing your mind. I mean, oh, God is good for messing up everything, let alone your mind. (laughs) Philippians 310. I want to know Christ. And experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him sharing in his death. Again, if you have to suffer with Jesus, then you need to go back. And read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see what he suffered, because it says we want to suffer with Jesus. How many know Jesus died once? He was the eternal Lamb that was slain. How many know you don't have to die on the cross for anybody? That was done one time, so he can't be talking about that suffering. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus did not suffer with poverty. He did not suffer with sickness and disease. He only suffered pretty much one thing, and that is persecution from folks' mouths. And that's something that a lot of people don't want to deal with: is persecution. And attacks that come, you know, it doesn't feel good, the Lord It had to really temper me because when you pastor in a church like this, they coming for you, boy. They, and, ooh. and you know what? For the first four years, I did not post 99 percent of what I was going to post on social media. I would not post because I would have other pastors and other Christians on my mind. So I knew that there was some toxic stuff there. I mean, no, people can make you crazy. <laughs> I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. First Chronicles. This is all over the Bible, folks. First Chronicles 1611. Because the more I study the Bible, the more the Lord is pulling me up. I'm scratching my head like, what have we been teaching? How many of you feel like that sometimes, too? Especially been here like, what was I doing all of those years? I was at church. Yeah, hey, y'all seen that new. you seen that thing on Facebook, the new app. Where it says that if you get tired of paying the musician, you can... Yes, it's an app, and so I can preach, and you hit the button, and the music plays. And the Lord said, come up higher. Dah. Oh, you gotta look it up. It's the most hilarious thing. I said, bring it, and just preach it right in front of y'all and surprise y'all. This pastor lost his mind. Okay? well That's where I grew up. You know, and a lot of those gentlemen, they did that, and they, I don't know if they knew better or not, but even as a kid, it... it I used to think I I would read the Bible and I was like, and I'd be looking at him preaching and reading the Bible. And I was like, I don't think that's how Jesus was preaching when he was on the boat, on the water before he fed the five thousand. You know, that's what I was thinking. Now, y'all were running around the building, shouting and running in the walls. I was sitting there with popcorn like I don't think this is what Jesus was doing. And he wasn't. First Chronicles 1611 from the Amplified. Seek the Lord and his strength yearn for and seek his face and to be in his presence continually. Seek. It says says the same thing as the previous one. It says, seek the Lord. Now, what he can do for you, seek the Lord and his strength. So you are supposed to seek after power. But if you seek after power without knowing the Lord, that power is going to corrupt you. It is always going to corrupt you. It's going to cause you because power makes you arrogant. Jesus makes you humble, Amen. and so power without Jesus is going to make you very arrogant because you quickly begin to believe that it really is you instead of Him. Okay, so First Chronicles sixteen eleven seek the Lord and His strength. Now, some of y'all are like I've heard these scriptures before. Yeah, we've heard them, but we're not doing it. And, and because one of the things that the Holy Spirit has been revealing to me. That that most of the answers that the body of Christ is still looking for, that's not in the Bible, is caught up in those three things. It's finding out who Jesus is, seeking his power. And the third one is very heavy. Something the Holy Ghost dropped on me. And that is trying to figure out what's in heaven. Matthew 633. So those first two were more about seeking Jesus. I should have brought that scripture up, seeking Jesus and seeking his strength. I'm just opening this up, okay? Matthew six thirty three. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously. Because you got a lot of folks seeking the kingdom that's not living right. Okay, and you got a lot of folks that's living right that's not seeking the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. Oh Jesus! When you never mind. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. See that part right there. And he will give you everything you need. We've been preaching all these years. God is getting ready to do something you have never seen before. And the reason why we've been preaching this year after year and it hasn't happened is because we're not doing the first two parts correctly. Seek the kingdom of God. This is how people read that. Seek church services. That's how people read that. Seek out your pastor or your favorite prophet. Favorite one. Seek out conferences. OK, let me tell you something. Now, I don't want to tell you that. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. That means seek it above your job. Watch this above your spouse, above your business, above your children. I mean, you know, that can be a little bit difficult nowadays, but just because it's difficult doesn't mean it can't be done. This requires you to turn off the TV sometimes. This requires you gentlemen to get home from work and your family's there and you tell them, I need about a half an hour to 45 minutes to spend time with God. Children might be stank, but you're teaching them that God is more important than men. Let me tell you something, married couples, the best thing you can do is neglect your children to spend time with one another. My children kept an attitude for a while. Long time. Especially them girls. You know, they, man, we'd man, we lock that door. My wife would put that thing on there and they'd knock on the door. We'd just ignore it, just keep on watching TV. You know, then they start, because with the phones now, they text us, we still ignore it. Then we'd hear paper sliding underneath the. <laughs> And we still ignore it, maybe have an attitude. They ain't gonna neglect their spouses though when they get older. Okay, so seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Okay, now the reason why this is very, very important is because in order to seek first the kingdom, that is a lifelong effort, that is not a church service where. You know uh, most of what you hear about the kingdom is really just silly shallow stuff by shallow people Um, I put down here that there most people just know about a tree in their front yard there are over 10,000 species of trees 10,000 how many know if there are over 10,000 species of trees it's gonna take a very long time for you to find out the difference between each tree it's molecular makeup What makes it grow? What makes it fail? What type of environment it needs to be in? Ten thousand different species of trees. We have not got to how many different species of grass, how many different species of flowers, (laughs) how many different animals. Can't remember how many hundreds of thousands of just different type of insects. You can study that. I ain't interested in nothing about insects. Maybe a butterfly, maybe a butterfly and a ladybug. I can deal with them. The rest of them, I don't know. I am honest, Lord. Why you create this? Well, actually, I know. All right. Deep moment since we're talking about heavenly things. Nothing looks the way it was created. Humans don't look the way that they were created. OK. The Bible says that Adam and Eve, they knew they were naked. That's how glorious they looked. OK. Um, and so uh, in the beginning, the Bible says that God created everything to eat greenery. There was no eating of animals back and forth. Well, when sin, sin changes your nature and it changes the way that you look. You ever seen somebody that's been living God for a long time? They're 80, but they look like they're 40. You ever seen somebody that's living for the devil? They're 20, but they look like they're 80. Yeah, that's how that principle works. And so but sin changes the way that you look. It makes you look older than where you older than you look. And so when sin came into the planet, it actually changed the nature of everything. There was a slight evolution that took place because of sin, not because of what these scientists talking about. It was an evolution that took place because in the beginning, everything was perfect, which means then that a skunk would never spray a nasty spray uh, spray the spray wasn't even nasty. Okay? For some reason, I, that's the only thing I cannot smell is a skunk. I don't know why. I thank God I can't. But, but, but when we're driving down the road, if everybody can smell the skunk, and I would roll the window down, I just for some reason can't smell a skunk. And so, But the skunk sprays the nasty spray because of fear. There was no fear in the garden. Okay? You think in the garden that mosquitoes were going around you know, poking you and sucking your blood out. You now, many of the insects that look horrible to you did not look that way. They looked more beautiful. Okay, um, even down all the way down to uh, fangs on the tigers. Everybody ate greenery and all of those things. So sin changed the nature in that regard. I didn't got lost in my own teaching. Now, what was I talking about? Let me get on. But that's what I don't like talking about teaching on. I love teaching on heaven. The problem is, is that you, it's a deeper dimension. Okay. Oh, so since there's all of these different type of species, now you are talking about the kingdom of God. The Bible says that planet Earth is a shadow realm. So as beautiful as it is and intricate as it is and all the different species of things that would take you a life a several lifetimes to understand is still a shadow, which means then that the understanding for the kingdom of God is not going to come because some preacher says the kingdom of God is like such and such, such, such. And so it is so vast. It is so big. And it takes a lifelong study. If you study it for eight hours a day for the next 30 years, when you get to the end of the 30 years after eight hours a day, you still would not have hit 001 percent. It's a very, very extreme place. It's some things the Lord has revealed to me here lately about it. OK, Colossians three, one through three. Because <clears throat> the Lord wants you to open up your heart to some things. It's, I knew it, but it still shocked me. Colossians three, one through three. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven. That phrase literally means what is really there. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. So read the beginning part of that again. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth. Now the question is: Is that how many of you know you get more of what you seek after? Why would they ask us to set? How many of you know when you if I set this bottle right here? I set that there. I set it there and it stays there. So they said, set your sights on heaven. The moment you give your life to Christ, set your sights on heaven. And then it says, don't think about the things of earth. You know what it means in that context in category. It says, think about the things of heaven. The reason why that scripture says that is because of something that the Holy Spirit said to me when I was talking to this pastor. And and I'm almost done to a little bit. And it's found in 2 Corinthians 5.20. 2 Corinthians 5.20. I haven't talked this low and this simple in a while. It's a nice little classroom setting tonight. It says, So we are Christ what? We are Christ what? And God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So we are Christ's ambassadors. This is the definition of an ambassador. I sure hope to God I gave him that definition. I didn't. All right, I'll read it then. (coughs) Moving too fast. Definition of ambassador. A diplomat of the highest rank. A representative from one country to another, Y'all got that the Bible says that we are Christ. What? Yes. And an ambassador is a diplomat of the highest rank, and he represents one country uh, from another one. I was talking to a pastor a couple of days ago about this. We were talking about this and I was telling him about how how the label that God puts on us, you know, that we are sons of God. We are kings. We are lords. We are priests. We are more than conquerors. And I said and the scripture says we are ambassadors. As soon as I said ambassadors, this is what the Holy Ghost said. There is no such thing as an ambassador that knows nothing about the kingdom he represents. I was like, you know what? You remember that scene in. uh, Yeah. No, I think in a rush hour. He said, what did you just say? There is no such thing as an ambassador that does not know everything about the country he represents. Y'all see how far the church is off? And and then, you know, and with me, when the Lord gives me something like that, I go into shock. The pastor was still talking. I zoned out. And then he used me as an example of me going over to Russia. And then a Russian gentleman says, you from America? Yes. What it's like? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, what is the food like? I don't know. I've never had it. Mm-hmm. Well, what type of cars do y'all have? I don't know. Y'all see what I'm doing? I mean, well, are, Uh, You're from America. Are your houses? You you said you're an ambassador from an America. So so are your houses in America similar to the ones in Russia? Well, um, no. All I know is that it's mansions over there. See, so so one of the reasons why we're not winning the lost to some degree is because we don't know nothing about the country we say we represent. <laughs> and see, and so it, it gets it gets much deeper because there was there is a veil, not a wall. There is a veil between heaven and earth. It was never supposed to be that all we did was talk about the kingdom. It was supposed to be that because you constantly sought what was in heaven, they would begin to reveal it to you through visions, through dreams through revelation and by taking you there. Now, what's interesting is, is this is normal stuff in the Bible. Y'all know what I'm saying? I mean, in the book of Acts, Peter gets thrown in jail. The the Bible says that the children of God are praying without ceasing. And there was a knock at the door. Peter got freed out of jail. Supernaturally. It's a trip when you pray and it happens so fast, you don't even believe it happened. It says Peter got thrown out, got uh, uh, the jail, the angel uh, freed him out of jail illegally, by the way. That's <laughs> <Okay. laughs> supposed to just be snatched a broke out of jail, Jesus. But he did it anyway. God ain't thinking about the laws of the land too much. Okay. He snatched the man out of jail. He went to where they were praying. Knocked on the door. It was a young girl. She ran back and told people, the people, hey, the, the dude we praying for is at the front door. And I said, no, it's just his angel. Stop right there, as Batman says. <laughs> what do you mean? It's just his angel. Because the interaction between heaven and earth and the saints back then was so normal, they didn't need to check if there was an angel. Going to see one is not some event. We see an angel. Oh, man, we got to testify for the next 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Give me that microphone. I got something I got to say what I just saw. (laughs) Nope. So the difference is, is that with natural ambassadors, you learn the country first, then you become an ambassador. In the kingdom of God, you become an ambassador, and then they will give you experiences to learn the country. So what a church is right now is is that, number one, we don't believe that. y'all know what I mean We. When I'm rebuking people, I put myself in the category. We don't believe that as a whole. The dark side believes this, though. The witches and the warlocks and all of that type of stuff, they have no problem. They talking about astral projection and, and shape shifting and wizardry and they're making movies about it. And we're taking our kids to go see this stuff as though it's real, but we won't tell them what's in the Bible. And, and the angels are sitting up there like. You said they ambassadors yeah? Well, how come? Why do they why do they believe that if you if they ask you, God, To show them what's up here that you wouldn't show them what's up here because you can't get past that scripture that we read. It says when you give your life to Christ, it says set your sights on what heavenly things. What is there? It says don't think about things on earth. Think about about things on heaven. Why would they ask you to constantly think on heaven if they had zero plans on revealing to you what is there? See, when I studied other individuals that were talking about this, this is when I found out. And let me say this is that as you see what's going on right now is people doing the secret. You'd be surprised how many phone calls I get a month from people who, because we believe the whole Bible, they call us and say, y'all really believe in dreams of visions? Uh, Yes. Y'all really believe in angels and demons? Uh, Yes. You really do believe that people can have visionary experiences and be caught up to heaven? Uh, Yes, dude. That's called the Bible. (laughs) My pastor don't believe in that. That's not my problem. I had to start telling people that. Ain't my problem with your pastor, don't believe. <laughs> okay, let's just keep on going because I said I wasn't going to keep you all tonight. It's about to get deep with us, I'm telling you. Colossians 1 11 through 14. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. So the moment you give your life to Christ, they said, we took you out of one kingdom and we put you in another. See, it's little scriptures, y'all. 1 John 4.17. As Jesus is in heaven, so are we in this world. Let me ask y'all a question. Let's just use common sense. How many believe that we're going to live in, in, in eternity in heaven forever? Let me ask you a common sense question. If we're going to live there forever, why would God have a problem with you visiting it now? That don't make no sense. You know what I'm saying? I mean, somebody somebody buys you a house and and they said this is your mansion for the rest of your life, but but but, but you can't see it until you die. That, don't make, that, that just makes that and they're telling us to seek the place. Y'all know what I'm saying. Y'all, are y'all following me tonight? It's gonna be difficult to minister this because it's 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 some people are gonna say it's deep. No, no, it's not deep enough. That's the problem. Everybody else being deep and coming out the closet, and Christians going into the closet. Because we worried about what people think. Let me tell you something. God give you one experience. You won't care what the whole planet thinks. God give you an experience. You won't care what no church think, no preacher think. You won't care what your mama think. You won't care nothing about your supervisor. Let me tell you something. It's a Chinese man got caught up to heaven. He came back and gave 30 million dollars away. The next week because of what he saw. How many know that somebody give 30 million dollars away because how many know somebody say they've been to heaven and they come back and give 30 million dollars? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he had a real experience or he just went berserk in his mind or both. Hey, oh, I, I forgot. I didn't mention my point earlier. That's when I found out people who have actually been there. So when you start talking this way. This defi- Christianity without the supernatural does not work, folk. Christianity without visions and dreams does not work. Christianity without talking about angels and demons on a regular basis does not work. That's why it's not working, because the main thread you keep leaving out, turning into a nice social experience of called religion. Jesus shows up and none of them were qualified to be his disciples. One reason why I knew nothing about the supernatural. And when he started operating in it, well, they said, well, he casting out demons because he's demon possessed himself. When you start tapping into this, people get heebie jeebie on you. Oh, you know, you got to be careful. As they said in the movie, Heat, you got to be careful walking your dog, too. You got to be careful when you drive home in the rain tonight. Does that mean you're supposed to spend the night here because it's raining outside? No, you got to be careful with everything. You got to be careful when you cutting meat for your kids so you don't slice your finger off like I did one time. You got to be careful for everything. But people are scared of this. And so because the sons of God are scared, the ones that are not are taking it over. called the dark side. Okay, so still didn't give the example. <laughs> so that's how I found out. Because the Lord will take people there. To, I have people right in my congregation that have been caught up to heaven several times. They're just too scared to share it. Until they, you know, really got acclimated to what we were doing. Be surprised. I mean, Lisa on New Year's Eve. Well, I was pointing like she's sitting there, but you know, on New Year's Eve, she was saying how the Lord took her to hell hell and so she saw individuals. Movie stars and singers and political figures and pastors there. Then the Lord took her to heaven and she saw stuff. And she remember some of y'all remember she talked about the smell that was in heaven. She's like, What is that smell? It's amazing. When I study other people's experiences that have been caught up to heaven, they say that the angels are totally amazed that you don't know the answers to the questions you ask. Usually the response is, you don't know this? And so she said, "What is that smell?" And I said, "You know, they, they look at you like you're crazy." Uh, duh, that is the incense that you're smelling up here. That comes from the prayers of the saints that you read about in Revelation. You know the Bible that you don't read? You just got it in your back seat to show everybody you're religious on the way to work. Yeah, that one. And see, right now the church is stuck in fairy tale land. This stuff ain't real. It's fairy tales. If you had a vision, it's supposed to be because you're crazy it ain't because the Lord gave you a vision. You had a dream. OK, let me tell you something. I had one dream. I had one heavenly dream. And and those things are not good because you want to check out. You'd be, you'd be driving down the street looking for a funeral home, just trying to jump into a <laughs> casket. Take me, Jesus, take me. Right like go. <laughs> I'd be a dangerous man if I was single. I tell you that. I'd be a danger. If I was single, I'd be a dangerous man because I would not be afraid of losing my life over anything. What, what the reason I pull back a little bit is because I don't want my wife to be, you know, hollering and screaming and kids all depressed. And yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. My wife just raised me from the dead. Actually, that happened. Did y'all know that? Did Y'all know my wife actually raised me from the dead? Yeah, that's a true story. Yeah. We were in an apartment. <laughs> Where were we at? Um, what year was that? about 2002 yeah was it 2002 how many of you know the year is irrelevant <laughs> you know you hear your stuff like what? what is your problem and so I woke up in the middle of the night and uh and and I just felt weird and I had shortness of breath and I looked in the mirror and my eyes were red like Dracula and if I tell you to call the paramedics it's, it's the only time I've ever said call the paramedics and I told Lorana, I woke around, I said, Lorana, I said, call the EMS right now. And so as she called the EMS, I went and I sat on top of the, the, the toilet thing. And, 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 and uh, I don't know what happened, but I died right there in the toilet seat. And I, I, I don't remember exactly what I said. See, this is why you got to be full of the word and the Holy Ghost. Before I died my body shut down, but my wife said my spirit gave her an instruction. <clears throat> and so she followed the instruction and she just walked up to me and she didn't pray. She, comm- she said she slapped her hand on my head and commanded me to come back to life. And when she did that, I just, the same way I went down, I immediately just came right back. So when the EMS got there, I was perfectly normal. They hooked up machines to me. It seemed like they had an attitude because they had to come, you know, <laughs> the night. Side story about, you know, yeah, you better psh, see, but never mind. I many know we going someplace? Huh? What was I talking about? Oh, I still didn't even share the story. <sighs> Put my stuff here correctly. <laughs> so, again, let's try this again. So, so, so there were several individuals that were caught up and they said that when they were in heaven, that uh, they were taken to a warehouse. And when they were taken to the warehouse, the angel, because the, the, the people there love giving tours of this place. And see, this gonna, I know some of y'all, gonna, some to some people scratching their head like, is he really saying what he think? What I? Yeah, because the Bible is true. If it's not, throw it in the trash. It ain't part of it true. It's just the part that makes you comfortable. The whole thing is true. If the whole thing is true, if one sentence is off, you got to throw the whole thing away. The whole thing is true or, or if one sentence is off, it means the whole thing is false. Okay. So the angel gave them tours of heaven. They would take them to this warehouse and they said, what is this? And they said, angel would open up the doors and they said, it was body parts as far as the eye can see. I'm like, what is the ha-? Body parts. And the angel would tell them, when y'all make stuff from planet Earth, don't you have spare parts? Yeah. So so when you do get in faith and you pray, okay, okay, if you really pray in faith, then what happens is if you pray for a person that has a bad heart, then what happens is because you were in faith, that heart, a new heart from that laboratory is, is carried down into planet Earth and while you're praying, we put it in the person's body and they receive a new heart. So it's, so every person in oh God and planet Earth has extra body parts. And so when you pray for somebody that got a bad kidney, you know, and you remember when Jesus was praying for people and limbs would grow out and stuff like that. And I've seen some of that stuff. You all Philippians three twenty. But we are all what of heaven? We are all citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. We are citizens of heaven. Uh, Two bullet points Holy Spirit gave me today. There, I'm going to read it like a five year old guy. There is no such thing as being a citizen of a place you have never been. Number two, there is no such thing as being a citizen of a place you are not allowed to visit or go to. Otherwise, you're not a citizen. You know, I'm about to kill religion. I've been killing them for a few years, but now we're about to resurrect them from the dead and kill them again. Again, go back to Colossians. When you give your life to Christ, set your sights on what is real. And it says where Christ sits. Don't think about things on planet Earth. Think about things that are in heaven. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart. I mean, y'all remember the scripture says that, see, I can do this all day. I'm just floating around with a couple of scriptures. You know, Jesus is the firstborn of many what? Brethren. How are you not allowed to go visit your relative? What type of father would never let you visit him because his house is too big? I had to let this sink in because you're like, some of y'all are like, is he really? I'm saying exactly what you're thinking. Whatever you're thinking crazy right now. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Oh, man, there's some people I know right now. The Lord. I mean, y'all, some of y'all should look up Kat Kerr. She ain't been to heaven so many times. She can't even remember how many times she been. And she was a businesswoman. And the Lord told her, when you go back to earth, dye your hair pink so all the religious people won't think that we deep up here. So there's no such thing as being a citizen of a place you are not allowed to visit to go again. Again, heaven is where you're going to live forever. What? See, when you when stop reading the Bible at your level, read it at God's level. Rome, Romans eight thirty two. If we gave you Jesus, how much more would we not freely give you everything? When you see when you read everything, you think about everything in planet Earth. It means everything, including experiences. That's one of the ways that atheists get saved. They either get saved because they try to prove that Christianity is false, and then they get saved because the truth smacks them in the face. Or they get saved because of some supernatural encounter. Okay, I'm going to tell the story. There was a doctor in the UK. He was an atheist. And 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 long story short. Some of you may have heard this before. Long story short, is that he noticed they started seeing this pattern. He noticed that individuals that died and they weren't Christians, when they came back to life, he said the hair would be standing up on their arms. He said it would be terrified. And he said it was he said you could feel something in the room. The horror produced a terror that just cannot be imagined. And they would beg them, please don't let me die. I just went to this place. Please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. He said, but he also noticed that when the Christians would die and they would bring them back to life, they have an attitude. Can you kill me again, please? Smith Wigglesworth is a, some of y'all may not know who he is. Smith Wigglesworth of the great evangelist, when his wife died, he, he brought her back from the dead. He's raised like around 14, 15 people from the dead. This is all documented, by the way. This ain't no fake stuff. And when his wife died, he brought her back from the dead. And she said, what are you doing? You've got to let me go. So they had a conversation. It's a true story. And then he, he let her go. Hey, okay. where was I at? What was I talking about? Yeah. I think you're the doctor. Okay, so, so the Christians had an attitude. So they brought in a psychologist. And he said, we need to interview this mess because this has got to be fake. And so, so she interviewed the individual. She said, no, this is, this is not hallucinating. She said, this is a real experience. So they came up with an idea. They noticed that the Christians all had the same story. They said they died they, and the angel took them out of their body and they went through the roof. And when they got resurrected back, they came back through the roof. So the doctor said, I'll prove to you that it's not true. What they did, this is a true story by the way, this doctor is now, he quit being a doctor, now he's a preacher. So what they did was they put a, you know, those black and white signs, you see them at churches a lot and, and it has a white background, it has black letters, you know. And so so they put it on top of the roof, face toward the sky. And the letter said penguins fly south in the winter. How many of you know penguins don't fly? So we said, we'll fix these crazy Christians talking about they've been to heaven. Yeah, we we'll put the sign on top of the building. So after they put the sign up. They start documenting the case. This is when he gave his life to Christ. Every Christian that they interviewed they said that they were taken to heaven and they came back. The, the psychologist asked him a question. Did you notice anything strange on the roof? Every Christian would say, yeah, why I got a stupid sign on the roof to say pigeons fly south in the winter. That's when I realized, OK, this ain't fake. Now, some people are stupid enough to still think it's fake. OK, so so the body of Christ is missing out on living from a different world. OK. And, and we have allowed religion to convince us that God does not want you to have ex- this experience. There are some experiences that can be quite scary. I remember, um, now don't ask for these. You know, it's a Baptist minister, he wrote a book called Placebo. And an angel took him into the spiritual realm and showed him the different class of, of demonic spirits. And he said some looked like men, he said some uh, looked like, uh, uh, he said some were creatures that will give you nightmares if you just look at them. And he said the ones that really bothered him were these beings that had, they had a face, but it was flat. No eyes, no nose, no nothing. And he asked the angel, who are them? <laughs> I need to know about them. Angel told him, that's none of your business. He said, but I will tell you this. Those are the ones that are behind make, making people go psychotic. All right. I end up taking out some scriptures, but that's okay. We are all citizens of heaven. No. you citizen. You're in Mexico. Talking about, uh, Yeah, I'm a citizen of the United States. Really? Oh, OK. All right. But they don't let you back in. See, and so we, we've allowed people who are scared to trick us out of what our heavenly father wanted us to experience. And, and because the reason why they said seek after heavenly things is because when you have these experiences, it emboldens you. You become arrogant against the devil. There is nothing that you see that moves you anymore. This is the reason why the people of God back there sometimes were so, so, uh, so fearless. Remember, Paul said? Paul said, man, I got caught up to the third heaven. He said, I couldn't tell if I was in my body or out. He said, but I heard stuff and saw stuff. It's not even possible for me to say. You can't explain it. God, this is where you're gonna spend eternity. So why does God have a problem giving you a vision, giving you a dream? Some things will be a revelation. I studied the heaven for a long time until I was in the chapel. And then I studied it so long and I was seeking it. Then the Lord started giving me experiences. And that experience where I turned the page of the Bible. And when I turned the page of the Bible, I saw the spiritual realm and I just saw the color blue in that realm. When I saw the color blue, slammed the Bible closed, went home and did not study the subject of heaven for years. Because just seeing the color blew my mind. Thing is, only way to explain it is, see how those LED lights are? That's kind of what it looked like, but it was like maybe seven times more brilliant. You can't explain it. Matthew 17, one through nine. Six days later, watch this carefully. I'm gonna read verse one and then give a deeper point for some of y'all that's been around for a moment and then we'll keep moving. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, led them up a high mountain to be alone. Uh, Verse 1 is actually, remember I told you that uh, scriptures in the Bible are seven layers deep. Okay, seven layers deep. Second layer here is, he's telling you a story, but he's also telling you about how the end is going to be. Watch me read it this way 6,000 years later, Jesus took those that were close to him and led them up to heaven to be alone with him. You have all these. I I shouldn't mess with y'all that way. So let's start over. Six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, James and John, led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Remember, we said this past weekend, Jesus has the ability to transform and stuff. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared and became talking with Jesus. Moses and Elijah were two men of God who had already died thousands of years ago. Peter explained, Lord, exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down on the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus. As they went back down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Now, here's my problem with the scripture. Apparently, Jesus didn't have a problem with the disciples going up the mountain with him. Apparently, he didn't have a problem with the disciples watching him converse with two men from the other side. He didn't have a problem with the disciples watching him transfigure into another being right in front of them. He didn't have a problem. He didn't try to keep this stuff a secret. Because for Jesus, for you to see me doing this and talking to two men from the other side, this is normal. And it's so normal. You don't need to keep it a secret. Just keep it a secret until I leave. Then you can tell everybody. Because this ain't crazy. Y'all crazy, but this ain't crazy. Y'all see what I'm saying? See, so the Bible is full of story after story. After story of this, I told you, remember remember when we were going in crazy last Wednesday? Now, I want you to think about this. God gave a man in the Bible named Jeremiah a vision of the planet before Adam was created. Took the dude back in time and showed him when Satan was thrown down to the planet and everything was thrown into disarray. Had no problem showing the man that. So the thing is, is that God doesn't have a problem with you asking. If you don't ask, he won't show you. Some people like, hey, dude, I don't need to be seeing all that stuff. I'll wait till I get to the other side. You're going to see it one way or another. And let me tell you something. Now, never mind. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Notice that there are no limitations with that scripture. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Matthew 21, 22. You can pray for what? You can pray for what? <laughs> that sound like that song, turn up for what? You can pray for what? We don't read that that way. We read it. You can pray for anything religious. You can pray for anything as long as you got your pastor's permission. You can pray for anything as long as it's normal according to society. It doesn't say that. It says you see. This is why I ended up transcending. Never mind. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. That would include experiences from heaven. These things are not meant to scare you they are meant to shock you into a reality where you will be willing to divorce this world. 923, last one. <laughs> this man asked Jesus, you know, if you can do anything, could you help us out? And Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? Jesus said, anything is possible if a person believes. We have, see a lot of, of reverence got a problem with that word, anything. It's deep. We got a problem with something that God ain't got a problem with. He said anything. Okay? And see, I've been hanging around these type of people, and you have to wait until you get to a particular moment to start introducing this to people. Hey, Divine, I need you to put this scripture up right quick. Colossians one, fifteen through eighteen. You can put it up. Give me the thumbs up when it when it's up. Okay. So can't remember what I was saying. That'll make a difference. I didn't said enough tonight. Okay, so so anything means anything. We have a problem with that. God doesn't have a problem with it. Again, the Bible is not written to preachers. It's written to sons and daughters. The Bible is not written, written at your level. It's written at his. The Bible is not written at your level, folk. It's written at God's level. And that's the one thing religion does not like, is the fact that we are equal to Jesus. Jesus had no problem with that. First John four seventeen: As Jesus is in heaven right now, so are you in this world. So if there is no difference between me and him, then how come I can't come up there and see where he's at? And see some stuff, because the stuff that you see up there gives you the ability to dominate down here. Because down here is based on whatever you bind in earth, we will what bind in heaven? Whatever we loose in earth will be loosed in heaven. Heaven is the backup center. But because we don't know how they back us up, we can't get nothing done. When you go up there, when they give you experience, some people get caught up there. Sometimes people get angelic visitations and the angels sit down with you. I remember I never will forget Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin said, let's take it off. I don't want them reading it until I'm done. <laughs> I'm reading, OK, some of you don't know who Kenneth Hagin is, but Kenneth Hagin began to seek after this stuff. And there were two experiences that he had. One, he said he was caught up, not all the way to heaven, but up in the sky. He said it's him in the clouds with Jesus standing there. And Jesus said, uh, he said, you've been faithful. I'm giving you a special anointing. He said, now watch this. He said, I'm giving you a special anointing. And he said, any time during the service he, in, in the heavenly encounter, he said that Jesus put coals in his hand, I think something like that. And he said, he said, from now on, any time in the service that I want you to lay hands on the sick to get them healed. He said, your hands will start burning. And he said, when you lay hands on somebody, if you put both your hands on them, if it's a demonic spirit on the inside of them, he said, fire will jump from hand to hand. Now, he got that because he was seeking that. See what I'm saying? And another visionary encounter. He's talking to the Lord. He's talking to the Lord up in this cloud. And he said, right while he's talking to Jesus, he said a demonic spirit comes and starts doing, you know, like jesters do. And he said the, the, the demonic spirit was yakety yakety yakki. He's he's messing with Kenneth Hagin, you know, trying to prevent him from listening to Jesus. He said Jesus is standing right there preaching, and the demon just running in between them, yakety yakety yacky, trying to get ah, you know, somebody just acting stupid, I' ah, yeah, yeah, doing all that type of stuff. And he said Jesus just kept on talking. And uh, he said. Lord, you ain't finally got fed up. He said, Lord, stop. He said, you ain't going to do nothing about that. He said, I can't. We gave you all all authority in planet Earth. Mm. Mm. So that changed the dimension of Kenneth Hagin dealing with the demonic. Mm. Oh, I get it. You gave us. Oh, come on, y'all. See, so. So watch this. What is the body of Christ missing out on? Because maybe half the people in this room did not seek that way. So because you didn't seek God that way, you didn't. You never found out the secrets behind power in planet Earth, and because you never found out, you weren't able to share it with us, and so we are lacking. Y'all see where I'm going? I hope y'all see where I'm going. Y'all, listen to this scripture. Now this is talking about. Now we shifted and we're talking about Jesus. I want you to think about this is what it says about Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Jesus made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Watch this, such as thrones, kingdoms. Rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Stop right there. They just let you know there's an unseen world that has kingdoms, thrones, rulers and authorities. Everything was created through him and everything was created for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. That's the individual that said, you need to get to know me. See, and so when you get to know him, I told you when the Lord appeared to me in that room, he said, only now will you begin to know me. And for a few months, nothing happened. And all of a sudden, my wa- I didn't know my wife was feeling the same thing the last couple of weeks. There was just this uncomfortable awareness that he was right there next to me. Don't ask me how these things work. same way I don't know how the Holy Spirit is able to reduplicate himself and all of us at the same time. The science and the technology of the spiritual realm is way beyond anything you can comprehend. Okay? But those are the three things. And is, is that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection and seeking after heavenly things. They want you to know what type of food is up there. They want you to know what type of clothes are up there? So, reading one little article by a lady, and she's walking, and she said she went and sat down on a park bench, and the park bench is made out of light. Sorry, it was made out of light and made out of gold. Um, I mean, it's, it's an amazing place, and so, but you carry that with you now. We were never, let me tell you something, big, oh, Udipo said something that was so good. He said, There is a place in God where you are no longer considered a human being. I mean, in the book of Acts, they were walking in such power and says the people said the gods have come down here in the likeness of men. The deep part is that was true, but they were trying to worship them, guys. OK, and so. So I just kind of introduced this tonight because your Christianity hasn't even started. Now, I don't care if you've been saved for 50 years. OK, I understand you've been having coffee with Jesus every single morning, but that's all you have been having is coffee. I mean, you know, this is and, and, it's, and it's funny because let me tell you something. The generation that is coming behind us, these teenagers and these younger people in their 1820s, they thrive off of this stuff. I was talking to a young girl day before yesterday and she teaches in the school system and she has several different ministries where she's teaching at schools. And she said she told me just, just three days ago, she said, guess what is the number one question that comes from the kids? She, I said, what? She said, how come the churches don't teach on what heaven is like? I couldn't believe that woman said that. And so she said, I'm borderline always on the moment getting ready to get fired because I'm always teaching them. She said, the kids want to know about the Holy Ghost. They want to know about angels and demons. They wa- Watch this. They want to know about everything Jesus wants us to know about. I ain't got time for no messages about how to have a good life. That very message of itself is going to tear your life up. Y'all know what I'm saying? okay? When you're walking in power and dominion and authority and heaven is your address and you know what is backing you, a message about how to have a good life makes you laugh. I don't need no message on how to have a good life. I'm a demon slayer. I don't need to have no good life. You know what I'm saying? I'm above this life. Ain't nothing moving me. Okay. So, we're just going to open this up. Again, let me say this. If you want to start on your own, there is a website called SpiritLessons.com. That website is dedicated to some people who have been caught up to heaven and caught down to hell. Um, and all of the books are free. Now, as a general rule, high level stuff is free, low level stuff you got to pay for. Not always, but some of the highest level stuff is always free because of the mentality that it takes to create that. How I many know Jesus didn't charge for anything? That's why I don't charge for stuff. Hey, these people crack me up. I had people come here. I had one guy. I was just thinking about this. They had one guy call my wife. Tell your husband I need to come preach. Preach what? How to get embarrassed? I mean, you be man. Let me tell you something. People crazy. Okay, so I encourage you to read that. There are many. And the information in that book and, and not the one you need to read at least one on hell. I suggest 23 minutes in hell. <laughs> you heard Albert. <clears throat> Ain't no joke. You got to be ready for this stuff. OK. The one scene I remember is that man said he was thrown into hell and the Lord did not let him feel it fully because he said he said um, his experience had caused him to have nightmares for months. And I will, never forget what he said. Because he said that when you reject Jesus Christ, people say, God would never send me to hell. You're right. You send yourself. Because when I asked my wife to marry me, I asked my wife to marry me. If she rejected my offer to marry me, I didn't let her keep the ring. And and I know some women believe that that's the craziest thing in the world. That's not a gift. That's a token of an everlasting covenant. Okay. so she didn't get my stocks and I didn't give her some money. I didn't buy her a car. You tell me, no, sayonara. It's too many fish in the sea. She told me no the first time, you know, but she came to her. Holy ghost sentence. I can mess with her cause she's not here. <laughs> you know, she grabbed the mic. Uh, no, that's wrong. Okay. Well, it's true, but she still get up and tell me it's wrong. <clears throat> so what was I talking about? Huh? Oh yeah. 23 minutes of hell. And, um, let me go on her cause I'm done. And, uh, he said that, I said that next thing. He said that uh, he was dropped down there and he could his instant thought was in the spiritual realm you know everything everything at one moment he could not understand why he was a thousand degrees hotter than the Sun wasn't dying and never forget what he said he said if you reject Jesus Christ you remember the scripture we just read apparently that's why I read that it says Jesus made everything seen and unseen and Jesus said I came to give you life and life more abundantly so when you reject Jesus what they do is they have to respect your wishes and put you in the place where they created nothing that has to do with life. Hell, you going to hell is God respecting your wish. You said you don't want Jesus. Since you don't want him, you also can't get what he created. And he's the one that created water and air and peace and joy and prosperity and love and harmony. He created all of that. So since you reject him, then we have to honor your wishes and put you in the place where he or his attributes are not there. And I'm, I'll never forget what that man said. He said it's a place. I don't know some people think this is horrific. He said it's a place. He said where, he said, because there is no air there, he said, you're always ch- choking to death. He said, but you don't die. He said, so was <laughs> 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 He said, that's constantly... He said, and he said, the smell there, and I remember, uh, heaven and hell are opposites. Okay. Um, so in heaven, everything is, you have never smelled anything. The most extreme, beautiful smell here is, 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 is a sewer compared to the simplest thing in heaven. And so he said that in hell, he said, is, he said take rotten meat, animal feces, urine, dead body. He said, an open sewer. He said, mix all of that together, multiply it by a thousand, and you haven't come close. And he said, because you couldn't live breathing that, he said, you're still breathing it because there's no air. So you're breathing that. And he said, imagine, uh, because how many know, see, how many know that if you had to walk through a dark forest, you'll feel a little bit better if you had a companion? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, my, my kids, they have to sometimes take our little two crazy dogs out three o'clock in the morning. And so they take a companion out there with them. It makes you feel safer. So, you know, people talk about parties in hell. No, you're isolated. You're by yourself because you're not allowed to receive any relief. They have to respect your wishes. You did not want that. And Jesus preached on hell a lot. People say you shouldn't preach on hell. Uh, that's not love. Yes, it is. Because if you're getting rid of by a bus, me telling you to get ready of is love. If I hate you, I'll never tell you the truth. If you lead a church, that's your problem, ain't mine. I'm just telling people the truth. I'm trying to save your mind. And so we talked about. He said, "Imagine being in a place with all of that." And he said, "And the darkness has a nature." And he said, "You're living in a nature that feeds off of evil." And he said, "The very darkness hates you." And he said, "There's no relief for that." So heaven and hell are law opposites. So all of this little penny stuff that they're talking about, I'm done with that, y'all. I was already done with it, but I'm definitely done now. So I want you to remember that as we close, and that is an ambassador. There's no such thing as an ambassador that is not intricately intricately knowledgeable about where he comes from. And God wants you to have these experiences. I can't tell you how many people have had loved ones who died, and then the Lord gave them a dream, and he caught them up to heaven, and they were allowed to talk to the relatives can't tell you how many times that's how we know so much about children that have been uh, aborted or uh, miscarried Um, and about the you know that's how we know about that you know when the children come play together you know you tell your children it's time to come inside okay and uh, and so when jesus comes on the scene you know he wants the children to be gathered together that he sends out a team of dragonflies and the children ride the dragonflies back to where jesus is meeting with them this stuff sounds like mysticism, but they're creating movies every single day about this stuff, folk. And you sit up there on the popcorn popcorn, oh my, this is just so wonderful. Yeah, that's a low-level version of reality. If you never see it, you may not believe it. Lord showed you one thing, it'll blow your mind forever. So let's go ahead and stand.